0: You are listening to the Restore Church Podcast. We believe that one timely message from God can change a life forever. For more information, you can check us out at facebook.com forward slash or online at IamRestored.org. All right, so let's go right into the um, the message. Ship happens. We've discussed four types of people aboard a ship. And this is the quadrant we've been working fo- with. Um, the first one we learned about was a couple of weeks ago. We started talking about, let me time myself. We started talking about the stowaways. And what we noticed about stowaways was that they had low clarity and low engagement. And that is because they just want a free ride without commitment. They didn't pay for a ticket. They're just on the boat. They're just on the ship. They want it all. They want the cruise ship. And they're just merry. Here we go just chilling. Then we learned about passengers, and passengers have high clarity. And you know, for me personally, the passengers is the one that makes me want to cry. They're actually the ones that break my heart. Because as pastor talked the other day, he said they have high clarity, but they have low engagement. And he gave the example that Jesus himself, that is why when we encounter people and want to speak to them about Jesus, and they reject us, don't take it so personal. Jesus himself presented to him himself to 500 500 people, himself, Jesus, the Son of God, all right, presented himself to the people, 500. And how many were rece- received the Holy Spirit? 120. It's a small percentage, right? And so we may look, we're like, oh, we're talking to all these people and they're rejecting Jesus. Don't worry about it. They're not rejecting you. Jesus himself presented himself. And so, why passengers makes me the, the saddest is because most of our churches in this new generation, and especially in the United States, are passengers. They know what the vision is, but they don't take part of it. And that for me is the saddest thing, because at least the stowaways don't know. I can give them ignorance at least. You don't know, so you you don't know better, you don't do better. But when you know better, you do better. So the fact that our churches are filled with passengers who understand the vision, who know what they're supposed to be doing, who read scripture, who go to camp groups, who maybe sometimes give as well, but they are low in engagement. They are not part of the crew. They don't engage in really doing the work of God. That's sad because they're not part of the 120 that were there to receive the spirit. And most of our churches have passengers, ours included. We have passengers here as well. Amen. And so remember when we started this series, it wasn't to make you feel some type of way like, man, I'm just messed up. Well, yeah, think about it. You're going to have some moments where you're going to say, oh, I have that tendency. Oh, oh, I have that tendency. But remember that there is a difference between having the Holy Spirit reveal something to you so you can work on it and condemnation condemnation comes from the devil and condemnation leaves you there thinking oh man I'm a passenger oh I'm all messed up you know what I might as well not even do anything because I'm not good enough that's condemnation that's what the enemy does he wants you to stay in that Man, I've messed up. What's the point? I'm not even going to show up. I'm so embarrassed. You know when you haven't prayed for a little while? I used to do this as a teenager all the time. It'd be like a week I hadn't prayed or read the Bible. And then I'd say to God, God, I'm so so sorry. I'm embarrassed. I can't even come before you. It's been so long. So you know what? I'm not even going to pray because I'm just too embarrassed to be before you. That's a lie of the enemy. And I'm sure you're probably thinking, yeah, I've done that before too. Because you're convincing yourself that you're so low and so bad that you can't even go before the presence of God. And so what we're doing is we're saying, Jesus, your sacrifice wasn't strong enough to cover my sins. My sins are greater than your sacrifice. And that's a lie. Your sins are not greater than the sacrifice of Jesus. The sacrifice of Jesus was for all eternity. And so we make ourselves like we are greater than Jesus when we do that. So we think it's humility, but it's not humility. It's actually pride. It's the complete opposite. And so we neglect having a relationship with Christ because we feel embarrassed. Oh, God, because I can't go before you because I'm so messed up. And what we do is we distance ourselves from him even more. So we're filled with churches that have passengers, and they run from responsibility. So if you're finding yourself in any of these, don't take the condemnation and stay stuck there. Just take what the Holy Spirit is giving you and say and think, well, God doesn't want me there anymore. What can I do, and how can the Lord help me so I can move out of that space in the quadrant and move on to something else? And the last one that Pastor talked about last week was the pirates. And the pirates have low clarity, but this is sad and scary, mostly scary, is that they don't know what the vision is, but they know what their own vision is. They have their own agenda. Okay? When we were singing, I'm sorry, I've come with my agenda, the pirates in the room, which we don't really, we don't have any, we personally don't believe we have any pirates in this room, but the pirates in the room are singing, I'm coming with my agenda, I have an agenda, I'm ready to go. I don't understand the the vision of this place here, but I understand my own, and so the scary part is that they're very engaged, they're in everything. They become part of leadership, but they're also the ones that will call you and say, hey, I'm really worried about so and so. Can you pray for them because they're going through this and 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 this? And this. But they're not, they're not interested in you praying. They just want to gossip. They just want to gossip about it, right? How many people are engaged in that? And then hey, let's get together. And Pastor talked about it. Let's get together. And they want to get you on their side and build a team to separate themselves from everyone and just said we've had pirates before but what do you do with pirates you make them walk the plank and our pirates definitely walk the plank Mm -hmm. okay so we don't have pirates however we have people with pirate like tendencies okay so it is a very thin line between it because you may not be a pirate but you may have tendencies that are pirate like and so then you help to destroy what's trying to be built in the ship. So you have to be careful that although you're not essentially a pirate, you may have those tendencies that lead you to be that way. So these are the three that we've discussed, and the, ones, the one that we're going to talk about today is crew members and if you hadn't figured it out by now we don't want you to be a passenger we don't want you to be a stowaway and we definitely don't want you to be a pirate because if you're a pirate we will tell you hey we love you but you need to go as simple as that because if anyone comes to distort the work of God then you're not a friend of God you're an enemy of the work that God has called us to do and that sounds so harsh But when Jesus spoke to his people, he gave them authority to stand up against all demonic possessions, all demonic powers, okay? And so that means that we need to have the ability to stand up strong and have that power to stand up against the attacks of the enemies and speak to the enemy face to face and say, hey... You got no room in here. Remember we talked about last time Jesus told Peter, I love you. Yeah, he had a great conversation with him. And then five minutes later, he was like, get away from me, Satan. He was talking to Peter. Because we ourselves, even having a relationship with God and working in the church, can sometimes have instances where we are used by the enemy's tactics. And it's okay, I I mean, this was Jesus, so I'm not going to go up to you and be like, get away from me, Satan, I'm not going to do that practice, but I might tell you, you need to to check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? You need to check yourself. It's not working. You're being used by the enemy right now. You need to step aside, right? So we're going to talk about crew members and what we want to be. And crew members have both high clarity and high engagement. And the beauty of it is that they're highly engaged, but they also know why they're engaged. They also know why they're here, why they're doing what they're doing. So I want to read what a crew member is, the definition of a crew member. A crew member is a member of a group of people who work together, especially on a ship. And when we talk about the ship here in church, we're talking about the body of Christ, the church. So if you want to be a crew member, you are a member, not just a visitor. And a member understands the vision. So if you don't know the vision, you're not a crew member. Mm-mm. If you're not highly engaged in doing the work, you're not a crew member. You might think you are, and you're not. Okay? So the crew member is a member of a group of people who work together. So if everyone around you is working and you're just benefiting and reaping the benefits of that, you're not a crew member. If you're not part of those who are working on the ship, on the body, with, with the church, the body of Christ, you're not a crew member. If you just show up on Sundays and you never show up to camp group, you're not a crew member. I know that one hurt because some of us are on that boat. That's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. So don't take it wrong. Don't get in your fields and go really upset. We want to grow with you. We want to work together as the body. And moving into 2020, we don't have time for stowaways. We don't have time for passengers. We need to all be crew members. And part of being crew members is equipping one another. That's why we have cam groups. If you're not a cam group, you can't be part of any leadership. You're not reading the Bible together. You're not studying together. You're not praying together this one's gonna hurt I opened up pastor and I opened up our home for prayer for the entire month for anyone to show up to our house for prayer between 7 and 8 not one single person has shown up we've canceled all of our plans that we've had so that we can be home for that time to open up our house so we could pray together not one single person has shown up and I hope that you are at least home in that time praying because we have called for us to be praying together at that time, there is power in the unity of prayer. Maybe you were working or maybe you were home watching Netflix, maybe you were too far and you couldn't make it to our home, that's okay. But we pray that at that moment at seven o'clock, you were at home praying, (coughs) but we probably weren't. So let it hurt, let it simmer there for a minute. But we need to leave our bad habits in 2019. Because we're moving forward with crew members. Members that are a group of people who work together. I love you. We will support you. We will work hand in hand. But we want to work with crew members. And if you're always a stowaway that just takes, we're going to stop giving. And if you're just a passenger, that doesn't understand the vision, you need to get on board and become a crew member or we're not gonna be good enough for you. Because our expectation all the time is gonna be that you're a crew member. And when we're not happy that we're not moving forward in that way, you're gonna not be happy with us because we're expecting certain things from you that you don't wanna give. and That's hard. But one of the reasons why Restore has struggled to grow is that We don't play nice with stowaways. We don't play nice with pirates. We really make time for crew members and passengers, too, because we want to move you into the crew members. That's hard to hear. Man, pastor. But we have a mission and we don't have time to waste. The world is dying. People in the world are dying and we're busy playing church. We're busy doing what looks like church but really isn't because church is the hands and feet of Jesus. And if church to us is just coming together on a Sunday to feel good about a worship and a song that we sang, then you've got it all wrong and we're moving in the wrong direction, Restore. So we're ending this year with this series because we're saying we are moving in this direction. And if you don't board the ship and pay your ticket to board it and know the vision and the mission and do the work, the ship's gonna leave you. We're gonna dock somewhere and we're just gonna, hey, hey, you can get right off, that's okay. We don't wanna pressure you. So you're saying, man, but where's the comfort in this? There's no comfort in this. I want you to tell me how I'm going to be victorious in life. I want you to tell me how the Lord has all these things planned out for me. That's what I want to hear from you. The restores, I don't know, restores not doing it for me anymore. I go on Sunday to feel good, and all they have for me in these sermons is how I'm messing up all the time. I don't want to hear that. That's because we're not babies anymore. No one in this room is a baby in the Lord. If you were new converts, then I'd be telling you something different, but you're not. No one in this room is a new baby. You're not, you shouldn't be fed milk anymore. You're ready for solid food. (coughs) That's what it is. Let's continue. So what do crew members do? Crew members lead and they make disciples. I don't know if you've noticed the trend here of our vocabulary, remember? Months ago I preached and I told you that vocabulary builds culture. And so the culture of restore, our main vocabulary is we make disciples. We are disciples who make disciples. And so the verse in Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the commandment that came directly from Jesus in Matthew 28. We've been talking about that verse consistently. And then in Acts 1, when he presents himself for the last time to the disciples before he leaves, his very last words are to go and make disciples, to go and take Jesus to the nations. So if those were Jesus' last words, you better believe they were important. They were not a choice. They were not if you feel like it. It was a command. Oh, that's not my calling. Listen, you better sit down, take several seats. That's not your calling. If you call yourself a believer and a follower of Christ, that definitely is your calling. Taking the word of God and making disciples is the calling of every single member of the body of Christ. No exceptions. Your giftings may be different, you may not be a preacher. That comes up on the pulpit you may not be a singer that helps to lead worship you may not have a knack for really you know being a comforter let's say but we have gifts every single one of us has gifts and God uses the gift that he's granted you so that you can do the work of God so so what if you can't preach from a pulpit I'm not gonna say preaching from the pulpit is easy but it is easy Because you're all believers, so it's easy for me to talk to you. We're in a safe space for me to talk about God. When is it hard for me to preach? When I'm outside and I'm confronted with people that don't believe in what I have to say, and they reject it. This right here, the hard part of this is studying and putting it together. But actually bringing a message in a safe space, this is easy. Raising your hand in a safe space, this is easy. Living for Christ here inside this space for two, three hours, this is easy. So if you felt yourself really holy because you were able to do this, this is easy. Anyone can do this. Anyone. We just had a talk with someone uh, several months ago, and she, they were telling us their issues and all this stuff, and, you know, and I was like, well, how's your prayer life, and how's this, and how's that? You know." And they got defensive with me, and they were not happy with me, and said, well, I come every Sunday. <laughs> okay. Should I give you a medal that you come every Sunday? What do you do throughout the week? Coming to church on Sunday does not make you a believer. Anyone could come to church on Sunday. So that's the hard part. It's tough to hear these things, but it's the truth. And as long as we preach a watered down message, we will not be doing the command that Jesus left us in Matthew 28. So crew members, make disciples make no mistakes about it the reason why we put you in camp group not so you could be entertained but so that you can study and that you can learn so that you can become a camp leader it's not for you to stay coddled in that group for a whole year two years and just depend on your group leader all the time no 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 it's for you to eventually become a leader as well but if you're not even attending your camp group you're not a crew member and that hurts I love everyone in this room you're like man pastor I just want you to hold me tight and tell me how much you love me listen my kids get on my last nerve I love Kiana I love Camila waking them up in the morning is very hard okay it's not easy getting them to leave the house on time there's certain things that we're always fighting with them about and we correct them and they cry And they get mad at us, and I'm sure in their mind, they're like, I wish I had a different mom. (laughs) Right? But then five minutes later, ten minutes later, Camila's making us love letters and slipping them under our door. (laughs) And so is Kiana and coming to us and saying, I love you, what you used to at least. He gave me that look. We found them. We were cleaning out our closet. We found a lot of letters from Kiana. You know, and she comes in, and mom, dad, I love you, and we hug it out, and we keep moving true love but they irk me but i love them they talk out of out of out of time sometimes they say things that are inappropriate i'm like you are embarrassing me but i love them and i correct them harshly sometimes because i want the best for them and we're going to do the same for you and that's not always easy Okay, so crew members, I want you to think on this quote, this is from a book, and I want you to really think about what this is saying, okay, because crew members lead. Leadership is critical to church vitality, vitality for it to be able to survive and live, and when I say leadership, you immediately think, oh, the pastors, nope, leadership, every single one of you here in this room. Leadership is critical to church vitality, and good leadership, that's all of you, depends on the level of commitment, the authenticity of character. Do you have good character? Okay? And the clarity of mission. Do you understand the mission and the vision that a leader possesses? Though following God's call to lead is never easy, it is not, it is always worth the cost. Learn to wrestle with the tension and to answer the call to become the leader God has called you to be. The future of the church rests in the hands of leaders who are willing to faithfully answer that call. It is not an easy call. You have to learn to wrestle with that tension. You have to answer the call. It is not easy, but it is worth the cost. It is worth the cost. There is a man that died on the cross for me. A heavenly God that left his throne and did not count himself. Who felt the rejection from his father because he carried all of my sins. The walk with Christ is not easy. And so this is why we've been so tough lately. Because our churches have taught us that living in Jesus is, Oh, you're the head and not the tail. Yes, the Bible says that. Oh, and you will be prosperous. Yes, they pray that you may be prosperous in everything. In mind, body, soul. Yeah. Oh, that you will not lack. Yes. Psalm 23 says, I have everything I shall not lack. But it also says, take up your cross and follow me. And it also says in this world, you will have trouble. And it also said in Genesis, he told them ahead of time, hey, that serpent's going to bite you right in the ankle. You're going to step on its head, but it's going to bite you. But we only want the good. Give me the prosperity. We don't want the struggles. And as soon as struggle hits, we don't want to come and be part of the church. We need to isolate ourselves and take time away. Right? And it is the worst thing you can do. It is exactly where the enemy wants you because then you are not in community. Because then you don't have your brothers and sisters encouraging you and reading scripture with you and praying with you. Not gossiping. If you're getting together to talk about your brothers and sisters, listen. It's not going to work. Crew members don't always want to work. I have to tell you, this morning, every morning we have core team meeting, and this morning it was like a therapy session. Pastor pulled out his notebook. he's like, let me just take some notes. Lay down on the couch. Here we go. Because it was like a therapy session in there. And, and Stephanie and Jesse, I'm going to throw them under the bus. They were like, yo, this morning we're like, oh, we really don't want to go. Oh, can I just say I'm sick? And Jesse told his wife, said, that's not a good excuse. Let's go. And Monica woke up this morning, and she was like, am I sick? Am I sick? I think I'm sick. I'm th- I'm not sick. I gotta go. And we woke up this morning, your pastors, and Pastor looked at me. He said, Do we have to go? I said, I don't wanna go. I don't wanna people today. That's the honest truth. The only ones that didn't say that were George and and Cathiria because they're perfect and they drive from really far. (laughs) But the rest of us were feeling it. And we're crew members, I'll tell you, we're crew members. But we didn't want to come today. We wanted to stay home, but we came anyway. My man here is not feeling well, but he was here doing the work. It's not easy. I'm not telling you come here with a fever. Stay home with your germs. I'm saying it's not easy, but you do it anyway. You do the work. So they also serve. Crew members serve. I love this right here. It says. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towels that was with the towel that was wrapped around him. This is John thirteen, four through five. Do you know who this is talking about? Jesus. If we look at the context and where they were living. Walking in sandals on the filthy roads of Israel in the first century made it imperative that feet be washed before a communal meal, especially since people reclined at a low table and feet were very much in evidence. Now, when Jesus rose from the table and began to wash the feet of the disciples, he was doing the work of the lowliest of servants. That was the work of the lowliest of servants, to wash the feet of the people that came to have dinner that was their job the disciples must have been stunned at this act of humility and condescension that Christ their Lord and master should wash the feet of his disciples when it was their proper work to have have washed his so they were like what is going on how is it that Jesus, the King of Kings, right now, is doing the lowliest job of a servant and washing our feet? Peter was like, No, 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 don't be washing my feet. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And then Jesus put him in his place. And he was like, okay, 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 wash my feet, wash my feet. I need you to wash my feet, Master. Now, Jesus' attitude of servanthood was in direct contrast to that of the disciples who had recently been arguing among themselves as to which of them was the greatest. Among themselves, I'm greater. No, I'm greater, I'm greater. And John was like, well, I'm the one he loves the most, right? Peter was like, well, I'm gonna cut someone's ear off. So what can I tell you? Okay, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest. Since there was no servant present to wash their feet it would never have occurred to them to wash one another's feet because they were too busy fighting amongst themselves. They were the disciples. They walked with Jesus for three years. And so when you're offended with people around you in church and you're like, oh, my gosh, and they call themselves a Christian, ugh. The disciples walked with Jesus for three years, and here they are fighting with themselves among who is the greatest. And then the servant that was supposed to be there to be washing feet wasn't. Do you think the disciples were going to go ahead and bow down and wash each other's feet? No. They were arguing about about who was the greatest, and then Jesus, who really is the greatest, but we read in Philippians, which you should know because you read Philippians like ten times that he didn't count himself and his glory and who he was. Instead, he came and he became man, just like you and I. And he didn't count that he was the son of the King of Kings. He did not And so Jesus, when the Lord himself stooped to this lowly task, they were stunned into silence. They had nothing to say. Jesus is the prime example of what it is to be a crew member. That you are not looking beside you. Because that was the issue with this series. That as you're sitting there, you're like, oh, they're describing pirate. I know a pirate. Ooh, they're talking about the stories. I know a story. I'm talking to you. <laughs> Stop thinking about anyone else. I'm talking to you. You cannot let the word change you. You can't read the word of God just for consumption enough for it to change your life. You can't read the word of God just to post something on Facebook to throw pulla, como dice mi mamá. To throw indirects, to be subliminal, all those subtweets, so that someone else knows what you're talking about. Oh, I'm putting up this verse, but you know you're just doing it for someone else to receive that. Read the word and have it tr- transform you first. If it didn't transform you first, don't even post it. Some of us read the word, oh, I just read the entire Bible. Okay, great, but you still live in sin and I can't tell that you are a believer, so good for you. <laughs> When I was in college, my freshman year, I had to take an ethics course and we had to read about it, uh, Oedipus, Oedipus, whatever his name is, I don't know, Greek mythology, I'm not into that stuff, is Oedipus, yep, nope, don't care about the guy, weird, I like it. Then we also had to read the Bible, we had to read a book of the Bible and then we had to do a comparison and a compare and a contrast, but we had to read the Bible from a completely historical point. And there were people in the class that read the Bible too. They read that book from a completely historical point. Do you think there was any transformation in their lives? Nope. They were talking about it, historical point. No transformation in their lives whatsoever because they were not approaching it from a lens to try to have that word be transformative in their lives. I'm not saying that eventually that word can't transform them because the word of God doesn't come back void. But in that moment, what we were doing was looking at it from a historical point. It wasn't for us to be transformed by it. So if we're reading it just to read it, just to like, oh, I'm going to get through this because this is so exciting. Oh my gosh, I got another reading plan, another Bible plan. Mm. But you're still getting together over dinner with your girlfriends or your guys to gossip and to talk junk. Don't even bother. The word is not just to read it to see how it can apply to someone else's life. It's for you to read it to see how it can apply to your life and how you can be transformed by it. And so Jesus set the example and he served and he did the lowliest job and he washed the feet of the disciples and he put them to shame pretty much. Oh, you want to fight about who's greater? I'm the greatest one here and I'm washing feet. So what i'm telling you is we are pastors you have core team leaders here we have leaders here in this room and if we think ourselves so great that i can't wash your feet then we are not worthy of being your pastors if you core team members think yourself so worthy that you can't wash the feet of your brothers and sisters then you're not worthy of being core team members because the greatest one is not us it is jesus and so the leader serves. The crew member serves. The crew member gets dirty, gets down and dirty and into the mud to help rescue their friend and take him out. That's what the leader does. So what if I get dirty in the process? That's just the way it is. You get down and dirty. But we don't want that. So many of us think that leadership means, oh, now I get to stand in the front and, excuse me, did you just call me Kendwee? That's pastor to you thank you. I don't care. Don't call me names and we'll be all set. But title without fruit without servinghood is useless. Crew members don't care about titles. Crew members serve. Crew members are here at 10:30 in the morning and set up this entire place. This isn't just happened by magic. They come here, they set up the entire system, they set up the chairs, they set up the breakfast, they do everything that needs to be done. That's what a crew member does. They serve. Crew member, ooh, this is a hard one. (laughs) But if you don't want to be a crew member, if you want to remain a passenger or a stowaway, then you don't have to worry about this one. Crew members give. And this is a tough one, and Pastor and I have spoken, and you know we've come to the conclusion that we have done a disservice to the body of Christ because we don't talk about money. Because from our experiences being in churches, they always talked about money in the prosperity way and for them to make money, and we just got so sick of that that we're like, you know what, when we have a church, we're not going to talk about money. And then the Holy Spirit has been ministering to our hearts, and like, well, you can't not talk about money. You have to talk about money you just will have to talk about it in the right way because scripture 2nd Corinthians 9 6 through 8 says the point is this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully each one must give as he has decided in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver so don't give reluctantly if you don't want to give it then don't give it god loves a cheerful giver if you don't want to give it don't give it because he's not going to receive it you remember cain and abel oh he brought you know cain brought just whatever was left over over but abel brought from the first fruits they both brought but god was only satisfied with one because he was a cheerful giver don't give because you're being pressured, and because I'm talking to you about giving, you're like, oh, I feel pressured. Because she's about to say that if you don't give, you can't serve in leadership. If you don't give, you can't serve in leadership. That is so tough, right? But I told you this last time, and I'll tell you again. Bishop taught us very well. He said, if you don't help to carry it, you can't touch it. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. If you don't help to carry this, you can't touch it. Don't even come near that piano. Don't even come near. No, you can't touch it. You cannot touch it. If you don't help to carry it, you can't touch it. Because if you do not help to carry it, when you drop it, it's not going to hurt you. Because you didn't pay for it. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. The good works that we want to do and we want to abound in require money. They require money. We need the money. We have to do the work of God, but we work in a, in a world where we need the money. I, so many people, pastors, 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 why, would, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? Why don't we do this soup thing? Why don't we do? How much have you given an offering in the last year? Oh, you gave $5? Great. You know, that's a great idea that you have. Are you going to help supply for that? Pastor, can we pray for the homeless? Sure, let's pray for the homeless. But what are you doing for the homeless? We're the hands and feet of Jesus. How do you expect for the homeless? We pray at dinner, Lord, supply for those in need. And God is like, hey, I did supply for those in need. I supplied them with you so you can go and supply to them. Why do you think you live in abundance? So that you can give. That's all it is. Dave Ramsey, the baby steps that we've been trying to teach people to get out of debt, is not just so you could do the debt-free scream, which is wonderful, I can't wait to do that scream. (laughs) I have no debt, I can't wait. But the purpose of it is that baby step seven, is that you give. But the foundation of it from baby step one, as you're trying to get out of debt, The very first line item on your budget list is giving. I think we should have one day of testimonies of what the Lord has done because you give. And I will never expect you to give if I don't give. I told you, Jesse and us, we're always in competition over who's gonna give more. And that's just all fun and games between us, but we appreciate and love the fact that we are able to give. And so when we wanna do the work, we need funds. Here's another verse. 1 Chronicles 29, 4 through 19 says. God, I've been before you so long already. I'm gonna wrap it up soon. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly? For all things, oh David, you were so wise. This is after they constructed the house of God for him, right, and so this is David speaking. He says, for all things come from you, and of your own have we been given. Have we given you, sorry. For we are strangers before you, and surgeoners as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there is no abiding. O Lord, our our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hands and is all your own. Understanding that none of it belongs to us, that all of it came from Jesus, that all of it came from God, when we know that none of it is ours and it all belongs to God, it is much easier to give it right back because it's not yours anyway. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things. And now I have seen your people who are present here, offering freely and joyously to you. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts toward you. Grant to Solomon, my son, a whole heart, That he may keep your commandments your testimonies and your statutes performing all and that he may build a palace for which I have made provision and the provision comes from God we give and we want you to partake in the same glory of God and give as well crew members give Crew members are fruitful, and I'm going to fly through this because I just saw my time, and pastor's going to make fun of me when they put the podcast up, and he shows me the minutes, and he's like, look at that. Look how long you preach. Okay, so I'm going to move quickly through this, but crew members are fruitful. Colossians 1.10 says, So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So if you're telling me you're a believer, but you don't bear fruit in every good work, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And a lot of us lack self-control. Against such things there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. We ought to be fruitful. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. That means that your fruit shall remain, that you don't have fruit today on Sunday, and that on Monday it's no longer there. Abide means that it remains, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you, because he knows that you will use that to give it right back. Crew members are fruitful. And so now I'm going to end with this quote, the call to lead following Jesus and living out your mission by Chuck Olson and I want you to really take this with you you don't have a choice about what gifts you're given the Lord gives you gifts we are all here gifted in one way or another you don't have a choice about what gifts you're given but you are given a choice of what character you will build what kind of person are you gonna be character Having the ability to grow in the character of Jesus. You know, for a long time, people said the WWJD, and that's kind of gone out of style, and then everyone was saying, what would Jesus do? And people who weren't believers were saying it too. But I'm going to tell you, if you're a believer, I really say that you take on that practice. What would Jesus do? Would he be saying this? Would he be acting this way? Because he was a prime example of how we ought to be. So character, having the ability to grow in the character of Jesus is available to anyone who wants it. If you want it, you can get it. But we don't live in a culture that exalts character. The challenge about Christ-like character formation is that it is time-consuming. I couldn't stay in bed this morning. It's not very glamorous. You're not always going to look pretty. You're gonna have to get dirty in the mud. And it won't get you very much at all. Oh, I may not become very prosperous and own a mansion like I dream of, Accept what it will get you is life with God. Accept the healing of your broken, hungry, wounded, hurting, tired heart. Accept the satisfaction of your soul. Things that giftedness can never achieve. But character in Jesus can. And so as we move into 2020, we have goals for Restore. And if you want to be a crew member... If you do not want to be a stowaway, if you do not want to be a pirate, if you do not want to be a passenger, if you truly want to be a crew member, and we have Matthew 28 to fulfill. We have a calling and we have a job to do. And we don't have time to dilly-dally. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of Restore Church. We hope that you've enjoyed this message and it has blessed you greatly. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with sermons that are updated regularly. God bless you.